Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Star Wars Lads. It is a Friday morning, I believe, when you're watching this. And we are going to be talking about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. As you can see, we are at Star Wars Celebration in a hotel room. So uh, bear with us with the way this whole thing looks and, and sounds or whatever. We're trying our best to get it out to you. But uh, yeah, we're on the go. But it's our first time on in camera person, together yeah. in person and not over uh, a streaming service. So yeah. that's uh, the, the benefit of this, of course. So. Anyway, we are going to get into Obi-Wan Kenobi, but before we do so, please hit that like button down below. Subscribe to the channel for Star Wars content. Uh, two videos a week, three shorts a week, five days a week, you'll be getting Star Wars content. Uh, this week, though, we have a ton of stuff. If you haven't seen our Thursday recap of everything that happened at Celebration, we're going to do a recap of almost every day. Uh, when there is big news to announce, we will be at the Mando panel on Saturday as well, and we're trying to get into the Bad Batch one on Sunday, so... Uh, bear with us for all of that news and stick around here for all that. We will be covering Obi-Wan Kenobi throughout the entire run of the show, as well as predictions and speculations. If you've been following us since really what Bad Batch, uh, we started yeah. doing that. And it <laughs> seems to be one of our bigger hits with, uh, with our audience, uh, predictions, speculations for each week episode. So that video will be coming out next week after Celebration is over, right before episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out. So without further ado, let's get into episode one and two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, what were your thoughts right off the bat? Uh, it was fast paced. Um, there's a lot of fan service moments in there, um, but I don't think fan service is ever the enemy of good storytelling. I think to me, when I think of fan service that hurts the story is like when you just throw things in there, like kind of like when Finn just grabs out the training probe. It's like, ah, there it is in The Force Awakens. Or, you know, there's just strange elements. And uh, there's a lot of decisions in the sequels when they try to shoehorn in elements that just don't really fit in. I think it's like when it's a little bit more. There's like the fan service of like Solo. Where it's like, oh, here's how he got his name. That's just, it's like, okay, like I don't need really to know that. But then there's examples, yeah, there's then there's <laughs> examples in these movies that work great, like, in Solo, when he gets his gun, it's mm -hmm. a disassembled version of, like, some right. carbine rifle or something, and that, that's why it's so powerful, but you also understand, like, hey, it can be made into something more, and this is just simply how he got it. There's nothing really excessive about it, he just needed a weapon, and that's how he got it. So I think that's kind of how Obi-Wan Kenobi does it, like, there are... Things that like you're like ah, if it was in a less capable hand, it would feel pretty bad. But a lot of this stuff was just really well crafted. I'd say the CGI is phenomenal. Like, mm. I mean, we were in panels today and we got to see a little bit of the Coruscant uh, vibe of the prequel era, kind of transported into the more dark yeah. times, but modern CGI version of that. Mm. And I think that's got me excited, but. These first two episodes have already shown, like, it doesn't matter if you shot that on, like, some green screen or outdoors, like, Andor is the volume is very capable of these high-level things. And we knew that in Mando, but this feels like another half-step up, at least. Absolutely. And performance-wise and choice-wise, I think I need another watch. I think this is the first show I've ever felt, like, my sentiments are strong. You know, my like, I, I, feel, I feel good about it. But 
and I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to say way more about it as we discuss and, yeah. you know, I'll kind of figure the words out as I'm talking about it, but uh-huh. I, I need another watch and you've got to see this twice because yeah. yeah, you got to, you got to see it in the actual uh, galaxy stage. So that was yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, we got to watch it in the galaxy stage and yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so I've watched this twice now cause we just watched it again. And, um, Leia, that's my Leia, standout. Leia. Uh, the young actress, I'm looking at her name just so I don't mess it up. Vivian Lyra Blair. She's fantastic. <laughs> she steals every scene, and, and Obi-Wan's my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Ewan McGregor's fantastic. I think we all knew that was going to be a constant of the show. Yeah. There's no way he was going to be something that didn't work uh, no matter where the story went or what happens. But there was a lot of rumors about Leia. I think we all kind of thought we'd see Leia at some point in some type of like, oh, we see Bale and here comes Leia standing in the background. Right, right. Now she's the main co-lead in the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah. And oh, she's fantastic. The way this actress plays her is just spitting image, honestly, of Carrie Fisher. And we see, <laughs> we see young Carrie Fisher who was about the age of Leia, like 19 in in A New Hope, and just the way this actress walks, the way she carries herself, the way she talks to people, her wit, her, like, all, everything. It's, yeah. it's Leia. Honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm very hesitant with the casting, especially with younger actors playing older versions of characters we've seen. You have to nail it, especially with, with Luke or Leia or Han or something like that. Yeah. This actress kills it. She's so good. I loved everything with her. Um, and of course, Ewan McGregor's fantastic as well. I, I and I think to that point, it's well. First of all, she's she's not even like on par with you, and she's stealing like yeah. every scene away from him. And it and he's like not a slouch at all. Like he's obviously in a very different state of mind. His behavior is very different than the Ewan that we know playing mm-hmm. Obi Wan in the prequels. Right. But we do get a little bit of like. A prequel vibe in some moments we get a little bit of the original trilogy Alec Guinness kind of vibe coming through and he's he's delivering it I feel this already in just these first two episodes a connective tissue being formed between three and four just yeah. from this you know, six episode event series but then Vivian she just comes in and she she just starts like she just has like one liners and they're like philosophical they're very childish and charming at the same time, like, I really do see, like you said, a younger Carrie Fisher here. Yeah. Um, Carrie obviously is more reflective of her age, and, you know, that's a, that's a Leia who's a little bit more experienced with the world. Right. And she wants to take risks and get a little dirty with things if she has to. This is a kid who doesn't really know anything. This is, you know, she's been protected until this point. Right. This is her first real test, and... She's remarkable in how she's just analyzing things, how she's choosing things, how she's just choosing not to really think about things. Like it's a perfect balance of kid, but the potential of what she is going to be very right. soon. Yeah. Absolutely, and the, on top of that too, the writing is is so on point for her. Like everything she says, you think it's exactly something Leia would say. Uh, oh my gosh, some of her yeah, some of her comebacks are so good. And the way when she kind of turns on Obi-Wan in one scene and she's like telling him what to do and she just straightens her shoulders and just keeps walking. It's like, that is perfect. Like, yeah. The writing, 
I think in the writing both of these episodes was really solid. Um, very excited that we've seen the, the Mandalorian format and the Book of Boba Fett format work to varying degrees of success. Right. Obviously, it's it's all been pretty good to great. Um, John Favreau being the main writer of most of those shows, but with different director styles. I'm very excited that this show has one director and basically one writing team. A couple of occasional writers come in, but there's one person on every single script uh, for some consistency because there is this this is our first series we've gotten in Star Wars that's been under the event series label yeah and you can tell and you mentioned the higher production value and but you can just tell there's a a movie like quality to this there's a a cohesion that you don't usually see in yeah at least Disney plus television like even in Marvel sometimes you get episodes that have pace or a pace and a tone that don't really match other episodes and we've seen that a lot in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett especially but this show so far is super cohesive and obviously we're only a third of the way done I I I mean I could I couldn't go to the screening um because I had a schedule conflict but I thought what was really surprising is on Disney plus not only did they release it early but the recap that they do for the show was the prequel trilogy like all cut up which i've never seen like an officially like licensed prequel yeah. recap and was just really strange and then the show also has like multiple scenes with just obi-wan's dreams and mm-hmm. nightmares yeah. of events that he's seen events that he's felt and that we've obviously seen as the audience right we open I, on order 66 we open on an order 66 which was insane the clone yeah. troopers have never Love looked that. better no. Never looked better. They, they looked they looked real to me with a little bit of gloss on top of it. They could be CGI, but if we have to have CGI clones, I want them to look like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that getting that perspective too, and we got it briefly in Book of Boba Fett, but just yeah. I mean that's something I've always wanted ever since, you know, playing the Revenge of the Sith video game that we both love so much. And it's yeah. like I've always wanted to see classic <laughs> the Jedi Temple Purge like actually done on film or an animation or something, but um, it's so it's nice to get these little scenes. But yeah, great way to kick it off. I mean, it's definitely a Jedi Temple never looked open. better. Yes, it's never looked better. That's probably one of the weakest things of like Attack of the Clones when they're walking through. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh god, like this is just old blue stage, right? Right. And here you could see like the depth of like people being shot and killed and running around under bridges, mm-hmm. old isn't that? It was stunning yeah yeah completely agree yeah uh on so we talked about leia we've talked a little bit about obi-wan i think let's get into obi-wan a bit more here with the jedi thing because yeah. and especially in the first episode we see an obi-wan who's completely closed himself off from the force i'm interested to see how people react to that uh an obi-wan that is hiding away on this planet and comes across across another jedi who recognizes him and he basically says, go away and hide yourself uh, because I'm not going to help you. And it's an Obi-Wan that immediately turns down helping Leia and Bail and um, Brea. It's, it's an Obi-Wan who's completely damaged. And I, I'm glad we got that side because I was worried we were just going to jump immediately into like, oh, this is where the fun begins. I'm going to go on a journey and, yeah. and save the yeah. day. And I'm glad we're getting that because... 
this show really has a much darker turn to it than I kind of expected from the story they pitched. It's the story that I've always kind of wanted now. Are we moving beyond that after two episodes? We might be. We might be getting into more of what I kind of felt like the whole show was going to be. But at least we got one episode that was Tatooine. And it was Obi-Wan living his life on Tatooine, which is the main thing I really wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the choice to really have him out of his robes, mm-hmm. just from a lot of Legends material, they just don't. They just let yeah. him be in his robes. There's even canon material in the comics and stuff where he's wearing his robes still. Right. Um, maybe that's a choice for after the events of the series. Yeah, um, I think the Jason Aaron yeah. comics take place like a year before this. so. And he's wearing his robes. He's wearing then. his robes for the most part. So yeah. it's probably just a you know, slight retcon thing. Maybe there's a big event that we'll learn about later that happens right before the show. Yeah, maybe. Um, really closes him off. But Yeah, um, to your point about him being closed off from the Force, he is, but I don't think it's like to the same extent as Luke and The Last Jedi. And that one, it just feels like he took like a jagged rusty knife and he was just like doesn't matter whatever this threat is holding me to the force it's coming off what you and it's more like i'm gonna like tie in a knot around it kind of cut off the flow and then let it wither away on its own yeah like it's almost like he's trying to convince himself yeah um where like luke like you said actually does close himself off from the force but but obi-wan is like repeating things over and over again to people like canned responses like he's trying to convince himself that it's over it's, it's like done. he has to follow through this process because if he doesn't stick to the one two threes of it yeah. then he'll just revert and right. he can't afford to do that that's a huge point of that basically all his decisions until he finally makes the decision to go save Leia is like he can't because of Luke he can't because of the tension yeah. he can't because he's Ben not Obi-Wan yeah uh, I thought writing and just the presentation, first of all, the camera angles and the movement are really nice. I know we've talked about quality already, but it really brings in these more emotional, evocative moments. Right. It really heightens them. Um, what really heightened, I, I want to get into the Quisitors and all that stuff later, but what I really enjoyed more than anything was just the immediacy of the Obi-Wan and Owen relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, I, I, it was good in these, like, teases that we're getting in the trailers and stuff. Sneak peeks on, like, Good Morning America. But just seeing Owen just disregard, dislike. The only thing he'll, he's willing to do is, like, I'll keep your identity a secret. But everything else, it's your fault. You've ruined it. And, like, like you trained his father. That's a huge... That's a huge meme already, yeah. and I can, um, I, and it, it's it a great performance, but I'm, <laughs> there's going to be so many memes of the Obi-Wan-Ben relationship if he comes back. I don't know to what extent, especially with how the story is unfolding, how much more Owen content we'll get, but yeah. I want a little bit more because this was already giving me a lot. Yeah, I know, and it, it's so good on Tatooine, and that it really makes you want more. I know Ewan's talked about wanting to do more, and I think just bringing Kenobi back into it, the book as well, like there's so many things on Tatooine that still can happen here. 
with the story that's being told. I think for the story they're going for, it is, I'm kind of glad they picked uh, nine BBY because originally I was like, I'd rather be right next to episode three and get, you know, that immediate post purge like reaction from Obi-Wan. And, and I still want that, but I think for the story they're telling, yeah. this is a smarter timeline than it would have been back then because then you erase so many things that you can do if you set him on a, a path. Yeah. yeah. But this is right in the middle of his path. You can kind of go before, you can kind of go after, you can kind of mix in a bunch of different things with him. I, I think the funny thing with just science fiction and fantasy in general is that our characters are always so capable even when they fall like to their absolute depths and worse right when they come back it's like they come back and that justifies everything but that's not really how characters are right to because if you actually read like the biopsies of the characters uh, throughout their ups and downs of their journey they go through misery and all of that before they be get back to on top right and they don't necessarily ever reach back to the top there and I, I really i really like that even if we can't have it in every Star Wars movie where it's like a dark, like deep, engrossing story about like how like someone's trauma or someone's just struggles, you know, have shaped their character moving forward. At least here in this show, we're getting to see an Obi Wan where he might not ever show just how miserable his life was because the story can't engage with that. But we're at least getting more out of it because it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. If it was a movie. We would have gotten 15 minutes max here right. we're gonna get that over two to three episodes i feel like before mm-hmm. he really has to engage with that um and I, I think even though that you were talking about the timeline and stuff like that i think it's also good to consider that when something that terrible happens to you in order 60 is a whole life altering thing happens to you like yeah it hurts when it happens but i think sometimes the time makes it hurt more like it's that everyone's like says time heals all wounds maybe eventually but the time that occurs after something's happened and you've had some more distance from it it sometimes can hurt more and i think that's what this obi-wan is here because if we pick up like let's say one year after he can't commune with qui-gon okay that sucks but this is really advanced training no one knew about understandable oh you know like he wants to help someone but he can't he should be laying low it's a little he's still pretty hot on the radars and there's so many inquisitors chasing around killing jedi like smart move but it's because it's nine years later it's like he's still the only one who's dealing with the consequences and everyone's kind of moved on everyone's like yeah whatever we're just dealing with scraps of jedi and the whole empire is being controlled and regulated like yeah only obi-wan feels this pain now and because he's so miserably alone too, I think that's what's making it effective. If it was just like a year afterwards, we have a Cal Kestis running around. We have a Kanan and Ezra, all these characters. We're right in the timeline where it'll hurt him the most, but also right in the middle of the timeline where all these different things can still kind of exist, canon or legends, and Obi-Wan can have very different periods of his life for these 20 years. No, for sure. And I, I agree with a lot of that sentiment. I think we're, but we're, I think we're at a point where he's like, they've picked a spot where he's now accepted who he is and he's, he's fine with it. Yeah. So he's not, he's hurting, but he needs to make that 
cross to make that leap to what he's yeah, the impetus is there now it's like yeah. we've had that motif that we've seen a lot in the trailers and now brought back into the, the first scene of this this show or first scene after the cold open uh, about the Jedi hunting themselves because their compassion's like a drug they can't help but help yeah. people it's part of the light side of the force and and we see an Obi-Wan who's basically decided he's done with all that and now he keeps getting tempted with it about coming back I, I, yeah. it's an interesting angle to go from um, I mean it sure. is their drug it's if everyone has a drug that is what the Jedi's drug is it is mm-hmm. compassion doing the right thing um, and Obi-Wan's always been one of the more nobler more righteous of Jedi yeah. Uh, let's yeah. Let's get into the final group of characters that we haven't talked about here, which are the Inquisitors. Yeah. Uh, so we have ma- mainly the three that we keep seeing in all the trailers: the fifth brother. We have Reva, who's the third sister, and we have the Grand Inquisitor. We have another Inquisitor shows up in one scene towards the end. I believe she's the fourth she's, sister or something. She has one line, <laughs> and so we'll get more of her later because she's in a lot of shots of the trailers, but. Those are who mainly who we're working at with Reva, who as we've seen in the trailers, is going to be our main inquisitor. I think we all can kind of see a trajectory for her story coming here. Yeah. Especially since she's not another material. Um, Grand Inquisitor, I think, is the hot button topic here. And I think he looks pretty darn good in ninety percent of this show. I think even the Tatooine stuff right at the beginning that we've seen so much of in the trailers it's the low angles that don't flatter him. Yeah. But, but the yeah. high angles, he looks fine. Level, he looks fine. When they show, they show a high angle with his head and you the see ridges, the lines yeah. and like, it, it looks good. The costuming is good. It's, it's um, definitely something that I, we all jump to conclusions immediately when it doesn't look like exactly how we want, but it, it doesn't look perfect for sure. It's, no. but um, the Rebels it's, is it's, it's more than passable though it, oh, it's, it's good especially in episode 2 yeah it's good and like the teeth are there mm-hmm. he has the yellow eyes too yeah, and I, people they're... were complaining that he had neither but mm-hmm. that plus the eye trails like it's yeah. there he looks really good in the Dayu, second episode yeah. especially on Dayu and because it's all darker I think his with how you know absolutely white he is like, like he's as pale as you can possibly get Comparing that with the sand and the bright, harsh environment in Tatooine, I don't think it does flatter the costume design. Would be hard to make anyone look that good with that lighting and and that environment. So in the dark, his eyes really pop, and you see the really streaks good. down his eyes a lot more. I thought he looked fantastic in episode two. We do have to talk about him getting stabbed through the middle of the stomach. Yeah. Okay. By Reva. What? Um, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to assume he's not dead. Otherwise, they completely retconned one of the biggest, uh, you know, villains side, and rebels. Yeah. Side canon things. Like, you have the movies, and then you have the TV shows right underneath it. And this is even another TV show, so you have movies, live action, animated. Um, I highly doubt they retcon it. Yeah. So, he's alive or something. I mean, we did see Finnick get shot in the stomach, and she survives, so... Right, but when we see him, even if it's Salazar or not in Rebels, one thing I was curious, like, look, when you're translating armor from that really flexible Kenner sort of look to what he actually is in the show, 
I think it looks pretty great. The cape it looks awesome. His shoulder guards are like a little bit bigger, but it's really his chest guard that gets to become like an, almost like an abdominal guard too, like chest to abdomen. Um, and then in Rebels, it's like this high. It's, it's barely grazing his chest at best. So if he's been stabbed, I guess like his uniform could cover it, but I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a false, it's a false alarm. There's no, he's like dead or seriously injured. If he is dead, I think what would be curious is I, I really doubt there's any space in this event series to show it, but there's a line in, um, this, I believe it's a Star Wars comic, the main 2020 line of Star Wars where. Uh, Luke encounters a specter of uh, the Grand Inquisitor who's like a ghost specter with flames and he just had he's forced to serve Vader even after death and then at the end of Rebel season one he says there are worse things uh, they're, like there are worse things than death or he fears things more than death there uh, there are worse things to fear than death right so maybe he does die if he does that and he's forced to be resurrected or cloned or something, right? I don't know. Like he's already like he's forced to be like harvested alive and fixed up into the next body. Who knows? That feels like it's a, a stretch too far. But you've also stabbed him right in the abdomen. Like yeah, that's a big place. that's a big thing. It's not like oh his arm got nicked right. or something where he got stabbed in the leg. It's it's usually the killing blow. Yeah. Yeah. I. I have a feeling he's going to be fine and that they're going to fix him up and that this was seen as purely just to get Reva to basically be on the run. She's going to be by herself, probably hunting Obi-Wan while the Empire is also coming after her as well. Um, there's going to be some type of play there, but yeah, I mean, it would be, especially because Dave Filoni's name is actually in the credits of both episodes as a special thanks, like by himself. There's nothing else around it. It's just right, special yeah. thanks to Dave Filoni. So... I highly doubt that Dave Filoni's retconned quite a few things. We all know that. Yeah. But I highly doubt he'd retcon his own show. So um, It's too influential, too. Like There's so many things in Rebels that are just being pulled into the greater canon, right? Yeah. It's more like you'd add more things and clarify, but you wouldn't nullify what, what was like the establishing part of it. But, yeah, no, we'll see. Again, we're, we're at the end of the day, we are speculating. Um I thought Sun Kang as fifth brother is kind of meme just as the voice is like, clear out, you know, this, like, just, the, it's more like his voice is more commanding, even yeah. if it is a little funny to hear it, yeah, um, that he is physically, yeah. In the show, um, yeah, I mean, I hope, like, he gets kind of, like, a little bit more intimidating and physically more. He looks fine. Um, I just wish he was, like, beefier, but it's hard to pull that off. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what this fourth Inquisitor is really about. She's just kind of been staring and said one line. Yeah. Hopefully she's a fun, big character to look into. Yeah. And Reva's good, too. I mean, we don't really get much characterization for her. I'm sure there's going to be some explanation why she's so obsessed with Obi-Wan. Yeah, I think at some point we're going to see flashback. We'll see some type of explanation for who she is and why she cares so much about Obi-Wan, why she knows about Anakin, why she has all these connections. That's for our prediction speculation video, though. So yeah. we'll wrap up this review right now. Uh, we both really liked these episodes. I would say I borderline loved them. <laughs> I thought they were way as good as I could hope. I mean, with the Disney Plus series, we have to hope they stick the landing. That's the main thing for me. It is really the main thing. Especially with six episode shows. So 
Hopefully they do. I mean, I, I, I want to say I love it, and I probably do. It's just I, I need another watch. And yeah. you've gotten the two, so maybe it's yeah. really solidified for you. For me, it just feels like so much, so good. Mm-hmm. But, like, I want to savor it, so I need another watch. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be talking about Obi-Wan for the next uh, four weeks after this. And uh, we'll be talking about Celebration the rest of the weekend. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you haven't yet, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment below, let us know what you thought of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, what you think about some of the things we talked about. Stay tuned for our predictions and speculations video at the beginning of next week. And check out all the rest of our Star Wars Celebration content. We'll be doing recaps for all of the other days when there's big news announced. And if you haven't yet, check out our Thursday recap as well. So thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.